everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Cult Classic Society, the podcast where I, Tim Martini, and my pal Bobby Davis. Hello. We go through the movies, the music, the games, the books, all of the media in the world. We watch it, we listen to it, we read it, and we're going to talk about it. And of course, you're going to listen to it. But first, Bobby, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Timothy. Uh, you know, hunkering down for some storms, you know, probably an impending another cold snap, I bet. We've just got through a fucking horrible one, and now there's probably going to be another one. But, you know, I'm doing all right. I can't wait for the daylight hours to get longer. I know, <sighs> it's up at seven and it's dark and it's dreary and it's miserable. I, I oh, hate it. <laughs> the actual worst. But we're not going to we're we're really talk about some... Lockdown. Sorry? We're not going to let the weather keep us down, are we? No, no. We're going to talk about a kid's film. Way, Way. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about a kid's film that actually got nominated for an Academy Award for Best good, Animated good. Feature. So, little spoiler, spoiler for how the critics saw this film. Yes, we're going to be talking about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So, what do you know about Puss in Boots and the whole Shrek universe, Bobby? Uh, I know who Shrek is. I've seen whichever Shrek movie has Puss in Boots in it. I've definitely seen that one. Uh, I know there's a donkey, you know. (laughs) I know there's a Lord Fuckwad. (laughs) Yeah, but I haven't seen, for real, I haven't seen the last Puss in Boots, the, the first solo adventure of Puss in Boots. This is the first one I've seen. So yeah, when you said we were going to do it, I was a bit like, okay. And when I saw it on your, was it your top 10 list, wasn't it? I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, my here top we go. 10 movies for 2023 because the film originally came out in 2022, but that was in America, like towards the end of 2022 in America. We didn't get here until February last year, so it counts. It counts. <laughs> That's a bit of a weird big gap, really. We don't really, with major motion pictures, we don't see that kind of gap anymore. Yeah, especially because like, it was DreamWorks, so everyone's just really confused about it. But, you know, it came out, everyone who I know who likes animated movies said this was one of their favourites, so I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And, yeah. I, Real I think, good. I think it's that good. <laughs> Real slew of good animated movies last year. Yeah, yeah we Turtles, had Turtles. And Spider-Man. Yeah, and I would say they all have like similar animation styles. Like... Especially, uh, I feel like they've been copying the Spider-Verse style, which isn't a bad thing because Spider-Verse had an amazing art style. I I don't even think they're necessarily similar. I just think they're all trying to do something different from just CGI cartoons, you know. Yeah, because the first person Boots movie was CGI, like similar to how the Shrek movies are. So it's very cool to see how this one goes into a complete different um, art style, actually. Yeah, I do like the variations in art. When I saw the trailer for turtles i was at the cinema and i think i think i was probably watching spider-verse <laughs> i saw a trailer for turtles i was like oh hell yeah i hadn't even realized there was a turtle movie coming out and i love the turtles i was a big fan as a kid and seeing that there was this kind of crazy animated awesome looking turtles movie coming out i was like yes this pussy boots <laughs> one really skipped me by that i'm not even sure i remember it being released yeah i don't even remember seeing a trailer for it um when it was announced it just came out and it was like oh my god it's so good and then it came out of the uk it's like well i guess i'll see it <laughs> but we're gonna jump right into this movie and we have puss in boots narrating about the wishing star that crashed into the world of shrek and how if you find it it will grant you a wish 
I really love the the animation and the colours on this. They're really cool. Oh, they're so vibrant. Yeah, it looks really great. And then once we get our lovely title card, we cut to Puss in Boots, who's being celebrated as a hero, literally slipping on people a child's face. I love this, because it's like when someone from The Only Way is Essex or Love Island ends up being like a club host, because it's like, (laughs) well, this is all, like, I'm technically a celebrity, so I'll just do this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And as we see, he's liberated a town from their governor, has basically taken over the whole house, they're all partying. And he starts to sing a song. The song's amazing. It's so funny. Although, but going back to that kid you said, when he, when he steps on the kid's face and the dad says, we will never wash it again. Oh, fuck me. That's a dumb, that's a dumb family. <laughs> it's so dumb. But I think it's to like highlight how in love they all are with. Yeah. <laughs> but, Obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I think it's even that just this moment when he's like dancing around, singing the entire mansion. It, that's why I find this art style is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, this it looks beautiful and the song's great. The song is like it's called Favorite Fearless Hero. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. Like it almost looks like it's supposed to be like a paintbrush effect. There was a was a, there was a game, I think it was on the Wii and even the PS three called like Akami, I think it was, where you're a wolf. Akami, yes. And yeah. the like the colours burst out and stuff. It kinda of reminded me of that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when um this came out, I saw a review of it and he basically said, like, all the animators, like, who watch, grew, grew up on anime and Japanese, like, manga are now animating modern movies. And I feel like you see that a lot, especially in how the action scenes are animated in this. Yeah, 100%. You can definitely see it. When <laughs> when the governor bursts in at the end of the, the number, at the end of the song, Puss goes, like, he's standing on top of a painting of the governor that's, like, 40 foot tall, and to get down to the bottom, he, like, puts his claws in it and just scratches all the way down yeah, to the slowly bottom. slowly down as well. So, like, a typical cat just tearing this painting in two. I feel oh. it funny as well, like, Puss drew his face over the governor's on that painting as well. Yeah, it's so good. So then they have the governor sends his guards to fight Puss and... A big fight scene breaks, and there's a part where they actually try to dogpile Puss. It doesn't work. He just goes, aha, dogpiles don't work on cats. It's a great joke. But then he brags about never being touched by a blade. So, yeah, man, those cat those cat reflexes. But you don't want to tempt fate like that, Puss. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Then he fires a bunch of um, fireworks at the governor, which awakens the sleeping giant. <laughs> the shot where he's riding one of the fireworks is absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's... Oh. yeah. It's, I can't talk about the animation enough. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> but then the giant literally just rips the um, like mansion's roof off and starts grabbing people. And there's a moment where he grabs that same child and he goes, I'm flying. He's like, no, you're not. I told you that kid was dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah, the kid, the kid is very stupid. <laughs> so he decides, so like goes to the cello player, like, launch me. And then goes to the rest of the Bammers and play double time. And they play Fearless Hero even faster. <laughs> And the uh, the cellist, the double bass player, launches him like a uh, a giant bow and arrow. Yeah, oh, it's so good, so funny. And he does the Spanish splinter where he sticks his little um, sword underneath the giant's um, fingernail. Which ooh. have you ever had anything go between your, the, your fingernail and your finger? Yes, um, well, oh, it's like worse. yeah, it's an unbearable pain. That's why people it's used for torture. 
Yeah, it is. I remember seeing that in an episode of um, Lost, actually. Oh, God. Lost. Don't talk to me about Lost. No, it'll be <laughs> too many painful memories. <laughs> so, the, so the giant throws puss through, like, multiple buildings and then puts drinks of coffee and just sprints back. What and I love is know? as he's flying through the air, he's, like, lying down just talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so cocky. But did you notice when he jumps back and like he flies over the crowd, did you notice in the crowd shot there is the wolf? No, I didn't notice that, no. Yeah, he's hidden in a build in one of the buildings just watching as it as it happens. He's there already. Ooh. Yeah, so it's so cool. What I like about this is it reminded me of like a, a cinematic from Spider Man game or something. Or even just from one of the films where because he jumps from like flying rock to flying rock, getting closer yeah. and closer to the giant. I just said it inspired me of um, like Attack on Titan, like all these people run across buildings to attack like a giant like Titan. I'm probably yeah, like loads of my friends watched Attack on Titan, but never watched it. <laughs> I, I watched understand seasons. <laughs> I understand there are giant titans, and that's about it. So <laughs> we need to know. So Puss starts fighting the giant again. He tricks the giant to swinging the bell all the way round into his face. Which is not so right down. That's so good. <laughs> so good. And then, um, so Puss is just there, the bell's dangling above him, and he's just there, being caught too much in the adulation of the crowd. And he goes, The legend will never die. And then the bell just squashes him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, immediately my brain went, Well, he's a cat, he's got nine lives. So, kind of preempting the story just a little bit. Yeah. He gets woken up by the doctor, the vet, the barber, and the witch doctor. <laughs> Who are all the same person, by the way. all the same person, they're yeah. Not, they're not different people. And he runs, tests on Puss, and tells Puss that, you know, you died. And Puss like, well, I have nothing to worry about. You know, I am a cat. I have nine lives. So he asks Puss, how many times have you died? So he lists off the eight ways he's died so far, which is running... Running off the balls, he just gets Pamplona. Yeah, gets um, gets killed by dogs after playing poker. <laughs> Jumps off a building for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> he didn't use a spotter in the gym. Oh yeah, he choked. Gets uh, his his windpipe crushed by his weight. <laughs> Blown up in a cannon because he said it was going to revolutionise travel. <laughs> Allergic to seafood. That's great for a cat. Cats love seafood. Yeah. Oven fire with the gingerbread man. Oh, uh, yeah. A little, then... little cameo by gingerbread man there. Yeah. And then the opening. So he's used eight of his nine lives. That, yeah. I, I, I weren't expecting that to be the premise. I was expecting us to see him lose them all as we went. Yeah. What I like uh, when the doctor slash whatever else all the years does the reflex <laughs> test on his knee. Yeah. Just acts like a proper cat. He just starts pouring at him and hissing. (laughs) And then he goes, reflexes. (laughs) (laughs) Cat-like. So the doctor basically recommends that, you know, he should retire and go to Mama Luna's cat sanctuary where he'll be nice and safe. He could go there. Or he's got a friend who lives in a massive castle. Yeah. (laughs) And I know he doesn't really think about, you know, Shrek, Fiona, Donkey. Yeah, the doctor wants him to go be a lap cat. He is not happy. No, he's not. So he goes to the pub to get drunk off cream. Uh, 
But as that's happening, a wolf sits beside him. <laughs> that very same wolf from who was in that crowd shot. But this is where we properly get introduced to him. Because it was fairy tales, I assumed he was going to be the big bad wolf, but no. No, no. But he shows that he has a bounty on Puss, and he highlights that the dead or alive part. He's like, yeah, dead. So obviously Puss is like, oh, okay, a bounty hunter. So he gets ready to fight him, but the wolf is just too fast for him. And he draws blood. Yeah, like the animation where of like not even just the blood, but like all the hairs on his arm like sticking up in that scene. Oh, it's so good. So good. The animation is is beyond like we're entering a real phase of especially with what feels like old kind of kids IP. So Spider Man, Turtles, now a kind of Shrek spin off. They're all going, you know what, all the people that love these in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands as kids now want something extra so all the all, all us millennials who uh were there for the the original run are now like yeah give us it but give us a better updated version give us some yeah. of that that early marvel cinematic universe style comedy with great animation that's that's all you need oh yeah you get something for the kids and something for the adults oh yeah so the wolf keeps knocking puss's sword out of his hand and he basically kicks the sword to puss going pick it up pick it up you know let's fight but Puss runs away and he basically hide. he skates through the toilet. <laughs> we they do a really good job with Pussy's Puss's facial expressions and body language of how a cat really looks when they're scared. Yeah. They really hit that on the head. Yeah, there's such great attention to detail in this movie. We get a flashback uh, including Shrek as well. Yeah, but did you recognize like the scene they were mimicking with those three? No, I didn't know. It's the bit from Hakuna Matata in, in the underlying Oh, that, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I thought, I thought you meant, bridge. sorry. I thought you meant they were doing a, a, a scene from an old Trek movie. No, yeah, I did. I noticed the uh, across the fallen tree, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's very cheeky, cheeky of them, but I love it. So Puss is now disgrace. Well, in his mind, disgrace. So he runs to Mama Luna's cat rescue. But before that, he holds a funeral service for the Puss and Boots moniker. And he oh. buries the attire. It's so funny when he does his own eulogy. Oh, it made me laugh so much. <laughs> it's like, there are not enough words to speak about him. Walks away. But be ashamed not to try. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just, the he can't let it go. He's just, he's still Mr. Arrogant. Yeah. And then he walks away again. He's like... And how about the song? And he sings Fearless Hero, but he starts crying halfway through. He just can't manage it. It feels I, yeah. I think we pointed out actually he's voiced by Antonio Banderas for people who haven't watched the other movies. Oh yeah, he always is, isn't he? Shrek and everything yeah. always Antonio Banderas, yeah. And I mean, you can just tell he's given up his all to this to this role. Yeah, for sure. He I think he's now kind of what is this, his fifth time playing Puss in a film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's he's one of his characters now. Yeah, absolutely. So he gets taken in by Mama Luna, and she decides to call him Pickles. Pickles. What I lo- uh, sorry, just to jump back a bit. What I love about that scene with the eulogy is he's actually... He's not eulogising even the moniker when you really look at it. He's eulogising his own fucking ego. Yeah. Because <laughs> literally, what, the, the kind of the next scene or two... You just see his ego break. 
yeah. As he's getting more and more domesticated. Because yeah. he's at first he's there trying to use the toilet like a person that she's standing he on actually, the toilet bowl pissing in. What's funny you say that, he, you know, he starts acting like a proper cat. He does cat-like stuff. So when he buried the outfit, he actually yeah, he buried it through yeah. his legs with the front paws, very much like how a cat would bury in like cat litter. <laughs> yeah, it's like in some aspects he acts like he happened, others acts like a person. Yeah. Like when he's like cooking himself lunch, but Mama Luna keeps spraying him down, so he's forced to eat the dry cat food. I love when he knocks on the door and she's like, Is it the health department? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. It's like, No, no, it's just another cat being delivered to you who, without his boots, looks scarily like my cat. <laughs> what I, I love as well is like, he gets so broken, he just grows a scraggly beard. Yeah, over the space of a couple of weeks, he somehow gets a... Even though he's already a cat and already fluffy, he manages to grow like a long... Well, I'd, I'd call it like a three musketeers beard. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find funny because you'd think maybe Mama Luna would like look after him and like you know trim the beard or whatever. But well, she's, no. got too, she's got too many cats. It's actually unhealthy. <laughs> Although I do like when the way she gives him a bath by putting him in the bath with her. So yeah. funny. <laughs> we cut to um, the town for the, the opening. We see that Goldilocks and the three bears are looking for puss. Yeah. I just love how cockney they are. Oh, did you? Obviously, people were playing them all. You've got Ray Winston playing yeah. Daddy Bear. Isn't it? Um, oh God, her name's just gone from my head. We have Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman as well, yeah. And Florence Pugh as Goldie. Yeah, she smashes it. All three of them smash it. No offense to the actor playing Baby Bear, I wasn't familiar with any of their work, but no. Like you have like three like British like legends, Staples, yeah, yeah, and they all just smash it. And I I love the idea of them being a crying family. <laughs> so funny uh, when Puss. He's at the house. He also meows at the cats and they all look offended. He's like, oh, sorry, it's my second language. <laughs> I love when he's um, eating um, his food again and he's getting hit by like a wagon tail and he goes, oh, do you mind? And it's a dog just awakens. Just, oh my God, she can talk. He's like, no hablo English. Like, oh no, I speak Spanish. So I speak Spanish. Like, I don't speak Spanish either. I just, I just don't speak. Leave me alone. I like how he's basically broken to the point. You know the way prison, especially he's depicted in movies, is breaking people down. Yeah, especially in old movies, that's what it looks like. He looks like he's in prison now, and he's been broken. Pretty much, yeah. So this dog just gets obsessed with puss. Because he's like, oh my god, we both speak. It's like, oh, you're my best friend. Like, can you rub my belly? Because I'm trained to be a therapy dog. Oh, I love this dog. He's so mangy, bless him. He looks like a mess, but he's like, I'm going to be a therapy dog. Oh, bless him. <laughs> he's, had to, he's had to sneak in because, obviously, it's a cat sanctuary. But he's hiding under the floorboards with the cockroaches and the flies. Oh, bless him. He's so cute. I love him. It's hilarious. Like uh, I love how it cuts to so, like even Puss just being on the toilet, like on the cat litter tray, and the dog just staring at him. <laughs> yeah, so his disguise is quite quite bad as well. All he's got is he's got a um, it's like a beanie hat, but with a pattern of a cat stitched on it, and that's yeah. it. That's his disguise. <laughs> that's all he's had to do. <laughs> so Puss looks at the front door and he sees like the silhouette of a creature, and he thinks it's the wolf that's found him again. But no, it's Goldie and the Free Bears. They're tracking down Puss. 
and they just cause havoc in this cat sanctuary. <laughs> like even to the point they grab Mama Luna and they just throw her in the piano and well, Papa Bear just starts playing. What I love about the way they bully and try to intimidate Mama is she, they actually do their one's doing it too soft, one's doing it too hard. Yeah. And then Baby's the one who does it just right. <laughs> it's hilarious. Kind of that little... And little... there's a moment when they grab Puss and they're like, this is him, this is him. And then Goldie's just like, no, he's so mangy. That's definitely not him. Yeah, he's got... <laughs> he, he looks dreadful and they just give up on him. They put him down. And so they... So Baby finds his grave outside and they're like, oh, he's dead. You know, we need to find the map to go to the Wishing Star. And then, but we have to steal it from Big Jack Horner. It's like, no, not Big Jack Horner. No one steals from Jack Horner. <laughs> so he decides once the Goldie family leaves, he goes, well, I'm going to go and steal that map. And then I'm going to find the... Pickles, Pick- Pickles decides my... he's going to go steal the map. Oh, yeah, Pickles, yes, Pickles decides. <laughs> he's going to... Uh, the first thing I thought was, he's going to get a new set of generations. <laughs> that's pretty much the plot of this movie that's all yeah. he wants to do he's the master he just wants more regenerations <laughs> what I love is he gets the dog to dig up the grave oh, yeah yeah you dig that you're a simple simple creature just just dig that out for me so he puts on the the costume again he's like I am puss in boots and he realises oh yeah I don't have my sword <laughs> uh, and the dog gives him a stick it's so cute yeah because he like runs to big jo- uh, Jack Horner's factory and he's like, I work alone, I work alone. And that's when like the dog just like gets on the roof of him. It's like, I gave him a sword. Yeah, he like it's what's really funny is he's just like sneaking up over the castle wall, going along the buttresses, and then he's like looking, spying, being all sneaky. Then the dog just pops up next to him, like, Hello <laughs> For <fuck's> sake. <laughs> so I love the introduction of Jack Horner. Not little Jack Horner anymore. He's big no, Jack he's Horner. Big Jack Horner. <laughs> And he, you know, testifies with his thumbs. Yeah. And, you know, he has a trophy room full of mystical items, including baby unicorn horns. Yeah, so this, the stuff in this room is great. So some of these, like, goons appear and say they've got the map to the wishing star. And yeah. he, he obviously wants it put straight into his treasure room. And the first thing we see in the treasure room as Puss sneaks around is a phoenix. Yeah. And then a magic carpet. <laughs> A shrunken ship in a bottle with people on it, and then baby unicorn horns, like you said. <laughs> and he just says he just likes to collect them. Yeah, just to collect it. Don't make the collectors look bad. Shh. No. I love how like one of the sisters like, hey, Jack, can you do the can you do the thing? And you get a flashback of how he got outshined by Pinocchio. Yeah, this is a real tragic little backstory where he. Like is is it like a circus and he's at a stall yeah. and then he's Jack Horner nursery rhyme thing and then Pinocchio's doing the I'm a real boy song I can't remember what the song's called <laughs> No strings on me <laughs> No strings on me that's the one Yeah and so he gets obviously a bit insulted that that will get brought up again so he makes one of the goons touch the Midas touch he's like ah I promised you you're weight in gold <laughs> Midas touches just tons of gold. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I saw that coming when he got the hand. I was like, "That's sneaky." Yeah, your your actual weight in gold. I'm going to turn you to gold. <laughs> you just never trust a villain when they say stuff like that. No, no. 
as Puss opens the um, box that contains the map, there's another cat inside, and that is Kitty Softpaws. Now, he is a character from the first film. Oh, okay. his first film. I was going to say, I've never heard of Kitty Softpaws as like a nursery rhyme or a children's story character. So, yeah, she was a she was an established character in the first okay, um, okay. first film, and she's played by um, how have we got her name? Selma Hayek. Great casting in this movie. Yeah, honestly, great casting all around. So they're trying to like sneak away with the map, but then the bears just break in. Just smash through the wall. And um, they about put her pussy's beard as well, and he loves it, she hates it. <laughs> I think he's just trying to like play because like, yes, it's distinguished, you know. It's like, no, it's scraggly. <laughs> I look like D'Artagnan, all right. <laughs> so um as uh, they're all trying to escape. Puss and Kitty, they fly out on the magic carpet. Yeah, the be- <laughs> and Jack throws a trident. <laughs> what I love is the the bears come in, and when it all kicks off, all the magical stuff just starts going mad. And you kind of yeah. see loads of references to, to not just Disney films, but kind of standard fairy tales as well, including like the trident, which is obviously from Little Mermaid. Yeah. I was say, also, I love how when um, Goldie smashes the bottle open with the ship, the ship just falls out. And you can <laughs> hear the screams of all the people. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people. Like it, it's like little like attention to details that like that I just adore. Cause they didn't have to make that a joke. No, it's it's constant little gags. It, it is, it's again, it's kind of the detail that went into things like Spider-Verse and Turtles. Cause you're not filming, you can retroactively put in extra stuff, extra Easter eggs yeah. and stuff like that. Especially in a room like little uh, Big Jack Horner's treasure room. There's just constant Easter eggs everywhere. Yeah, and I think what makes it better because actors don't have to interact with it. They can just, as you said, add it in afterwards. Mm-hmm. So they can like do stuff that doesn't require them to record an additional voice line. They can just do background jokes. And yeah. So as they're fighting over the carpet and trying to escape, Puss's beard gets stuck in a gear. Yeah, yeah, the beard's <laughs> already become a hindrance. <laughs> he gets yeah. launched... It's safe, right? I was going to say, he's he's already started badly because he's trying to fight them off with his new stick. <laughs> yeah, it's not working. He gets launched like into two pies and then Papa Bear just launches him into Kitty, which makes them land into like a little truck, which the dog is already in. Yeah, that dog's just got good luck, I swear. He's had enough bad luck for his whole life. Now he's getting all his good luck. He's just in the right place at the right time. <laughs> so... So they just tell the dog to like drive away. Yeah. And I love how when Kitty and Puss are fighting over the map, they, they start like screeching to the point they start like cat screeching at each other. <laughs> yeah, they do. They properly have a cat, like a proper, as not as in uh, late 90s WWE, but an actual cat fight. <laughs> I was say, it's like when cats are like trying to mark their territory and they just like growl at each other. Yeah. Arch the back to make you look bigger. Yeah. Uh... And, they keep, and they keep bringing up Santa Coloma. About how you know I can't trust you after that day. Yeah, so yeah, I think you're trying. You're meant to think obviously they were going to do a job or something. And yeah, Puss betrayed Kitty. Kitty, but as we'll find out later, something something much worse. Yes. So uh, Puss kicks down a bunch of gold, which distracts the crowd to basically form a blockade. So yeah, they they're on the back of this trailer and they're being chased by guards and. <laughs> Puss does what I'm going to refer to as uh, the mask and creates a diversion by throwing money everywhere. 
<laughs> so the, 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 the locals, the, the townsfolk, go mental. And the king's guards, not the king, Jack Horner and all his men kind of can't get through this baying crowd who are trying to get all the cash. A bit like the bouncer trying to get to the mask in the mask when the mask throws all that cash everywhere. Yeah, and there's not just that crowd there. Also in the crowd, there is the wolf who puts two gold coins on each of his eyes and just points at Puss, letting him know that he's coming. So the gold coins is actually, and I can't, you have to forgive me, I can't remember what what faith or what kind of belief system it is, but there is a belief system that does put coins over the eyes for burial. Okay. Yeah, so I don't I don't remember what it is, uh, but we'll look it up and maybe we'll add it back in at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go back to Jack Horner, who did even say he's voiced by John Mulaney, who I think does a really good job there. I mean, yeah, he's, he's doing his own voice, but... That is so good. So good. And he assembles the Baker's Dozen. <laughs> I thought this was going to be more than that. I thought the Baker's Dozen was going to be a dozen. They were going to be like a nickname for like a dozen fairy tale villains. But they're not. They are just literally Bakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just his henchmen. And then he puts all his magical items into his little bag. It's kind of like Hermione's bag from um, uh, Harry Potter. You, no, that's not the reference they're doing. It I is. don't know the reference. I'm referencing it's, Harry Potter. <laughs> it's Mary Poppins' bag. Is Mary Poppins a fairy tale? Well, it's a it's a Disney one, isn't it? They've referenced a ton of Disney stuff, and it was yeah. it was a book before it was a Disney film. Yes, it was. Yes. Um, and there's the the ongoing idea that Mary Poppins is actually a Time Lord because <laughs> she's got a device that's bigger on the inside. It, it makes sense, it makes sense. It always ties yes. back to Doctor Who here. And it's also her umbrella. The flying umbrella is hers. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. He then makes a battle tank from the pumpkin. Oh, uh, come on, let's go over the references. He's got Hook's Hook. <laughs> He's got Trident's Trident from uh, The Little Mermaid. He's got Poison Apples from Sleeping Beauty. Oh, no, Snow White, is that? Snow White, Sorry. yeah. Yeah. He's got loads of stuff. Great, yeah, he's a massive Disney mark, yeah, and he's stolen a Time Lord's bag, yeah, and then he uses Cinderella's pumpkin and turns into a battle tank. You know, it's all there, yeah. it's all connected, it's very good. And I love as he's traveling down, he says, I'll get you my kitties and your little dog, too. Yeah, just a nice little, um, I was about to say, wicked reference, Wizard of Oz reference. <laughs> Which, what makes it funnier is in the waiting room that Puss, Puss was in, in the Doctors, the Wicked Witch is there. Yeah, she's just chilling. <laughs> so this is something she must say frequently if it's well known in this world. Yeah, constant. It's a bit like The Mask, isn't it? The Mask was referencing a lot of old Hollywood. This is just referencing mostly old Disney. <laughs> what I love is as they're traveling, Kitty and Puss just don't trust the dog's positivity. <laughs> I, I I get where they're coming from, you know. I'm like, what's if, if I meet someone who's like hyper positive? What are you after? What do you want? Yeah, exactly. Watching you, you're too positive right now. I don't trust this. You're a shifty bastard. That's why I like you, Tim. You're miserable. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. That's not fair. You're actually quite upbeat. Not, yeah, not that's why. Not, that's why you don't trust me. Not as upbeat as this dog, to be fair. <laughs> I love how there's a um, montage of like all the different <sighs> characters moving and it just ends on the dog eating a sandwich. 
<laughs> what I also love is that he re- he's so relentlessly optimistic that he l- lists off a list of names that he's been given, and one of them is bleeped, but it's clearly shit for brains. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so they finally reach the dark forest, and there's like a little doorway there. Puss puts his arm through there, and like it disappears, but then it comes back. So they're like, okay, we'll go in together on three. One, two, three, and just kick the dog in. <laughs> the poor dog. You have to forgive us calling him the dog. He actually doesn't have a name yet. No, that they don't build up. To, they build up to him until towards the end. Yeah. So then Katie's just like, well, no, we're going in anyway. So just drags Puss in with them. Yeah, the the bears and Jack Horner are tracking them, and just before they go in the forest, the area they're in looks like kind of it looks like the Looney Tunes Wild West. Yeah. The colourscape is very like Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. But then when they go into the dark forest, it's a very vibrant world. Like yeah. he's like, I should have had my Kinsinera here. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a cute off for the map. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Which makes the dog just faint because it's a cuteness overload. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing if anyone's seen is it Shrek 2 that puts his first in? Yeah. And he does, to get his own way, he does the big eyes and holds the hat under his little paws and basically becomes like the cattest cat face you've ever catted. Yeah. <laughs> and he normally gets his way, but him and Kitty are just trying to do it to each other and it doesn't work. But the dog the dog passes out because it's all too cute. <laughs> it's, it's great. So what we then discover is that the map creates the pathways depending on who's holding the map. Yeah, it gives you the challenge that it thinks you deserve for the wish you want, basically. <laughs> and it's like, for Puss and Kitty, it's like the most dangerous thing imaginable, but when the dog does it, it's the most, it's the safest route in the world. It's like, you know, I don't want to impose, it's your quest. And like, no, no, you hold the map, please. What I, what I like, and I'm kind of reading into it, because I don't think they say it outright, but I think it's because the dog's quest is quite wholesome. Yeah. And the others are being quite selfish. Yeah, I think that's the whole point of it, because his is he's just along for the ride and he's just happy to have friends. But they're like dead so on having a wish that's gonna benefit themselves. Yeah, and he's he's little their adventure is like a fiery hellscape and his is like la 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 dreamscape. <laughs> well like they literally, they literally go through the first place, which is a pocket full of posies. Yeah, and it's literally a field of roses. And what's my focus? Like giant roses and Kitty and Puss first thought is just attack them. Yeah. <laughs> when the dog just like walks through, just sniffs the roses and they just let him through. So he goes, like, no, great no, you have to enjoy it. <laughs> and then as that's all happening, the bears arrive at the edge of the forest and they tell you what their wish is. And the bear's wish is that they don't have to hibernate. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we've slowly... We'll find out eventually what Goldie's wish is, but it's much more different. After the, the flowers and the they kind of go through and the dog relaxes and he's smelling the roses and the plants are helping him forward, he tells his story as he's walking, like his life story, <laughs> and it's fucking harrowing. <laughs> <laughs> he basically tells the story about being the runt of the litter from a family and that family always used to play hide and seek with him where they would throw him away and he would just run back to find them. But this time they got really clever with their game. They threw him in a sock and, and a rock inside and they threw him into the river. 
Oh, it's so, so, like, we always, there's always that joke online about kind of anything 90s and pre-90s kid stuff is harrowing. And they kind of started to bring that back, not in such an obvious way. But if a kid actually listens to that, they're going to be like, what the fuck? I feel what makes it funny is that he's laughing the entire time. Oh, yeah, he still has no idea that it's sad. He... He says jokes on them because that sock they threw me in, I gnawed into it, I grew with it, and now it's my sweller. Oh, bless him. He's the best. <laughs> so as they're walking, telling the story, the bears and Jack are fast on the trail, and Jack struggles to pull Escalibur out of the bag. But then when he yeah. eventually does, it's still attached to the rock. Yeah, so he's got Excalibur, but he is not worthy. No. <laughs> so he just bought the rock with him. But he's still able to use Excalibur to knock the bears off the path. Because he's massive and just swings the rock at Yeah. <laughs> but then the flowers like take out the ba- starts to take out the baker's dozen. So he summons Briefly. a locust. Yeah. <laughs> he summons like a little bug. He's like, go on, destroy the forest. But no, it's Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, and he's just there to be your conscience. <laughs> I, I love that it's a Jimmy Stewart impression as well. Oh, it's so good. He just, yeah, it was obvious, without being anything like Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio, it's obvious what he's supposed to be. Yeah, and it's so perfect. And I love to go, oh, what you got there, Jack? Oh, it's the phoenix, the symbol of tranquility. And Jack goes, yeah, flamethrower. And yeah, he uses the phoenix as a flamethrower and just torches. <laughs> well, I called it the forest in my notes with a pocket full of posies. He's just <laughs> gone. Absolutely gone. And then, the, and then the crickets goes, oh no, I have my work cut out for me. <laughs> Kitty tries to teach Dog how to do the cute eyes yeah. and the face, and he just doesn't do it. He ends up, like, his eyes are like bulging out. out of his skull. <laughs> he looks like a, a pug who's struggling to breathe, even though he's not a pug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're on the river of relaxation, and then like Puss is just there trying to um like deal with his beard because you know he itching. hates it. It's itching, he, yeah. yeah. Itching so he goes to Kitty. He's like, you know, I've been thinking my my beard, well distinguished, it robs the world of its of my beautiful face. <laughs> but that dispels immediately. He just starts begging. Cut it off. Know. Cut it off. So she, she does that. I say she pulls out a little like two inch blade. It's got a cat on the handle, and she gives him a little trim. Yeah, but first he gives her like a massive like goatee, which just makes the dog like burst into laughter. Oh yeah, she does. If you've ever had a full beard, she does that thing where you stand in front of the mirror and then cut into other styles. You have to kind of figure it out what styles you can do before you lose another one. Yeah, yeah. and then you just always go clean shaven in the end. I'm not clean shaven since I was about nineteen. I don't think. Wow. Put that in perspective, I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go intermittently. Like sometimes I keep this, sometimes I go clean shaven. It's more just out of laziness to actually like maintain a style. No, I just like to pretend I've got a jawline so I grow a big beard. <laughs> <laughs> so after Kitty shaves Puss's beard, she gives him the small blade. She's like, ah, okay, then throws the stick into the river and, and the, the dog, dog just jumps after it because, of course, a dog. Gonna chase the stick, yeah. So they chase after him, and he's and that's where Kitty kind of goes like, "Oh, you're you're taking a shine to him." He's like, "No, no, he has the map. That's all I care about." And yeah, yeah. 
And that's when Jack appears holding the dog and pointed the crossbow with a unicorn horn at his face. That's what the unicorn horns are for. They're for firing from a crossbow. <laughs> and I love how like the the uh, the cricket goes, Are you really gonna shoot him, Jack's like, Yes, in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. The cricket honestly doesn't believe that he's as evil as he's being. <laughs> it's so it's so hilarious. But then the, the bear the bears intervene, just throw in some of the baker's dozen at Jack. Yeah, they just they just it turns into chaos. And this is what we see what unicorn horns actually do, because he accidentally keeps firing in on his own men. And it just makes them explode <laughs> into confetti. Yeah, it's like, did you ever play Halo Reach? Yeah. You could unlock that perk where if you got a headshot, their head exploded into confetti. It's so much that because I'm actually playing through all the Halo games right now because I have the Master uh, Chief Collection on PC. Oh, nice. So I think this was only in No, it's in all of them, actually. Because I remember I know, being I... back in Halo 3 as well. Oh, but yeah, that's only in the multiplayer modes, though, isn't it? You can't get it on... No, in the campaign, it was a certain skull. You had to unlock it. Oh, and then, hell yes, and it's only for the grunts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You get a headshot on a grunt, it goes, way. Yeah, like, that stock sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that someone was inspired by Halo. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, in the whole chaos of what's going on, Puss actually spots the wolf. And so yeah. he runs away in fear. And that allows Goldie to grab the map, which completely changes the landscape, because now... The path is designed on what her path is meant to be now. And what's her hardest thing to pass. Yeah. Exactly. So Puss is just running through the forest, seeing flashes of the wolf everywhere. And he has a full-on panic attack. Yeah, like the chest beating and he kind of sweats and he takes cover next to a tree and just stops. Yeah. And that's when the dog finds him and he just he just rests his head on Puss's um, belly and just helps calm him down. And he's being a good therapy dog. Yay! Yeah. I remember when like this clip made the rounds on Twitter, and it was like, everyone's going, this is how you depict a panic attack oh, in yeah. a movie. Because the background goes all whooshy and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And like the sound is kind of like slightly deafened from his perspective as well. Yeah. It's, it's... it's a really well done scene. There's a book called The Curious Case... The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Yes, they made a play of it as well, didn't they? It ran for like a couple of years here in West End. Yeah, it did run for a couple of years in the West End, and I actually went to the show, and I think that also was renowned for doing a really good job of not a panic attack in this situation, but kind of a panic attack, actually, but for what it's like to be uh, an autistic person that has a neuro overload, whether it's to do with sight, sound, light, you know... And they had turned the stage into a whole screen. So whenever the lead character, the boy, is a young boy who has autism, whenever he was having kind of, when he was being overwhelmed, whenever he was kind of having a panic attack, the screens went flashy and the noise went a bit crackly and then clear and crackly and then muted. Yeah, I remember and they did a really good job. this um, in our Deft episode when I mentioned seeing that live. Oh, yeah. Because we were like, oh, like, we're definitely doing anything interesting like that. No. But it's cool to see they take the medium of theatre and able to express something like that in a completely unique way. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. So Puss tells the dog that he's on his last life and is, you know, afraid because, you know, mortality. <laughs> First time he's had to be afraid. 
existential yeah. dread in a kids movie you love to see it god it's like being back in the 90s again love it <laughs> and he doesn't want to tell kitty because reasons yeah so many so many reasons but this is when we find out the tale of santa coloma and how it wasn't a heist it was not it was a wedding Oh. Which he did not go to. He stood. He, he left her at the altar. He left Kitty waiting. They're supposed to get married. But the thing is, Kitty's overhearing this and how Puss saying that he's ashamed of being afraid that day, and you know he he's embarrassing. And the dog, to his credit, is going. You know, talk to her. It will make you feel better, and it'll probably make her feel better too. Therapy dog. Not just, you know, for scritches. He's there to actually give you therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so Kitty, like, comes and goes, Puss, dog, where are you? Yeah, she pretends that she didn't hear. Yeah. And kind of pretends that she's just stumbled across them. <laughs> and there's a bit where she goes, ah, we've been in worse pickles. He goes, who told you that name? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's embarrassed by his new name. Bless him. So we cut to the Gold, Goldie and the Bears, and they're walking through nostalgic pines, singing "We Ate All the Pies." The pies. Except we ate all the it. pies. Who ate all the pies? Except they're singing it really badly and wrong. Yeah. And I know they can't swear in a kids' movie, but yeah. that is not how it goes. And uh, uh, we've got a substantial amount of American listeners, Tim. Like over a third of our listeners are American. So, for our American listeners. Do we want to tell them how that song really goes? Take it away. You picture the scene, right? You're at the football. And when I say football, I mean what Americans would call soccer. You're wrong. It's football. You don't really use your foot very much in American football. Come on, bring it together. (laughs) And say one of the players, usually this is aimed at goalkeepers for some reason. They are less active. Or a referee, maybe. The referees get a lot of abuse. They're slightly larger or fatter, or it could even be an opposite fan. And what they sing is, who ate all the pies, who ate all the pies, you fat bastard, you fat bastard, you ate all the pies. Not this weird child's drivel that they're singing here. <laughs> God, Ray Winston, you shouldn't have allowed that. <laughs> yeah. You know, they had to PG it down. <laughs> it, it's nice to see that representation, you know, that football, hooligan, hooligan, football hooliganism. I still didn't yeah, say it, well, right? all the bears are English, so you know, it makes They're sense. Cockney as well, the bastards. Yeah. <laughs> like a bit, we love a bit of football hooliganism. So they reach the Sergeant Pines, and their challenge is their old cabin. Yes, and they go inside, and they see Goldie's old book with fairy tales, and she drew in herself in there with a nice family. Yeah, so like the biggest challenge they have is leaving home which i was like well why did they fucking leave in the first place then <laughs> <laughs> and then we see baby goldie doing the you know too hard too soft just right with the beds we get we get her origin story yeah and i and i just loved like how, how much you can see like mama bear loves goldie yeah she does uh, there's a really cute bit actually where Goldie's looking through what is clearly meant to be a library book, and it's got all the other like loads of other magical creatures have checked it out, <laughs> like Gretel. Nice, yeah, nice little Easter egg there. So Puss and Kitty climb up the tree to get a better vantage point. They discuss. They discuss Santa. Uh, uh, 
they discussed Santa Claus. Clo- uh, why can't I say the word all of a sudden? Go on, you can do it. Santa Coloma. Yeah, they discussed Santa Coloma. And Coloma. Coloma. Campus <laughs> apologizes. But what's funny is Kitty says, I didn't show up either. <laughs> I. Now, this could be read either way, and I don't suppose it massively matters. I read that as she was just letting him off. I think she was there. I. Yeah, that's how I saw it too. I can. You could read it, like, because her delivery doesn't massively suggest it. The, the scene before suggests it. Yeah. But. I, th- I think you could read it either way. She might not have shown up. You know, cats are aloof. <laughs> she was just knocking things off the shelf, you know. Yeah, yeah. She she got she got distracted. There was a there was someone pointing a laser pointer, and it took up three hours, you know. <laughs> but she basically says she knew she couldn't compete with the legend that is Puss in Boots. So and she's only going bother. Yeah. yeah. How much he loved himself. Yeah. She could compete with him loving himself. Was I think the. Uh, the actual delivery of that. <laughs> well, after all that, they spot the cabin, so they realise, okay, we've got to go there. We cut to Jack Corner, who's using his own men as a bridge to walk across a ravine. And he's watching them on Crystal Ball. Yeah. <laughs> and he wonders who he should kill first. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's walking across the bridge, like the cricket's like, you know, why are you so evil? He goes, you know... I never had much as a kid. Just loving parents, stability, and a mansion, and a thriving Bates Good Enterprise for me to inherit. Useless crap like that. Yeah, he's a Tory. Of course he's a greedy <laughs> bastard. He is clearly a Tory. Just wants more and more for himself. Why well, I that he brings the battle tank over the people, which obviously wasn't going to support the weight, so they all just fall into the ravine. Yeah, so he'd used all but one of the Baker's Dozen as a bridge, and they just collapsed. Oh, no, no, he used them all, didn't he? Just one happened to hang on. Yeah, and yeah. and this is when the cricket finally realises that Jack is, like, irredeemable. You're an irredeemable monster. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. He's like, what took you so long? Just flicks him away. Yeah, like, flicks him down the ravine as well. And then he offers to help up the final person, as long as she's not chatty. Yeah, are you chatty? You can come. <laughs> so Puss, the dog, and Kitty make it to the cabin, and this is when Dog says we're team friendship. Uh, I'm really sorry, How to Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who listens to How to Wrestling, their fan base—they call them Team Friendship—and all from from here to the end of the movie, that nickname as a group gets slated. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> so the cats sneak into steal the map, but it's like stuck in honey. <laughs> so as they're yeah. trying to rip it off, they knock things down. So Goldie and Mama Ben notice that you know they're in the house. In that moment, Puss throws the map to Kitty, who then you know changes the landscape once again and summons the mountains of misery. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's changed her the she's managed to destroy the house by using the map to change the path. Which I thought yeah. Was a clever touch. I quite like that. But it gets knocked out of her hand for like a second. So it kind of gets like stuck in a weird flux, but everything's like floating in the air. So yes. Puss and Kitty dance their way up to grab the map. So at that point, as they grab the map again and Kitty summons the mountains of misery fully, they move up and move and the bears move down, but they have the dog. 
The bears have the dog, yeah. Yeah, and Puss is like in in a panic, grabs the map and accidentally summons the Cave of Lost Souls, which splits them up because he's inside the cave and Key's on the outside. It's a bit like Superman's Fortress of Solitude. It's all made of like crystal and glass. Yeah. And at this point in the subtitles, I want to add, they start calling the dog Perito. Oh, really? Yeah. This is where he gets his... They don't say it here, though, do they? They, they, they constantly refer to him as Perito throughout the entire right. time, but that's not officially his name. But at this point, the subtitles refer to him as Perito. Oh, okay. So at this point, my notes say Perito. <laughs> cool. So Puss starts wandering through the cave, trying to find a way out. And this is when he meets reflections of all his past lives. It's so like Jodie Whittaker's last episode of Doctor Who. Like <laughs> yeah. sat on the edge looking at all your past lives. So it's, it's like cats' lives do work like Time Lord lives. They're actually individual. Even though they look the same, each <laughs> one is slightly individual. Slightly. And what do they do? They sing mock Fearless him. Hero. Oh, yeah. But before that, they mock him for being... No, that's the next like, bit. Oh, is it less? Is it less? Yeah. Okay, yeah. They think fearless hero. So while this is all going on, the bears are using Perito to set a trap, and Goldie and Baby are bickering with each other as you know siblings do, and the and dog is just enjoying it. it. Uh, so he, and he gets joins, involved. Oh, he joins in, and he just swears at them. It's all bleeped out. It's like beep 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 beep. <laughs> And they just look horrified but amazed that this tiny dog is just swearing at them. Yeah, just ripping them to shreds. But again, while they're fighting, they're fight, like in fighting with each other, Kitty has swapped out Perito for like a pine cone. <laughs> and Baby, in his rage, activates like the bear trap and just drops like a hornet's nets on all of them. Yeah, they all get caught in their own trap. <laughs> So we cut back to Puss's past life, trying to convince Puss to become the legend again. But Puss is like, yeah, but that was so lonely. Yeah, you want, they're like, take the map and take the wish for yourself. It's like, eh, I don't want to. No, I, I like I like having my friends. But then this is when the wolf appears. He and, finds his way into the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. And this is when the wolf is like, I was there for each of your deaths. And Puss puts two and two together and goes, oh, you're deaf. The actually deaf. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he's got little symbols of cat heads on yeah. his sides. Well, they're not sides; they're more like sickles. Yeah, they're sickles. Sides. Yeah, yeah, and there's eight scratched out, and there's one left. And he basically yeah. says, because Puss never valued any of his lives, he just said to end this one early. Yeah, and Puss runs. Yeah, he he just keeps running and running. He runs out of the um, fortress of solitude. <laughs> and Kitty sees him running and thinks, oh no, he's betrayed us. Yeah, he looks like he's running away from them, but he's not. No. He makes it to the Wishing Star, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm here. But as it's going, it's the God, size of a canyon. I yeah. thought it was going to be like you could hold it in like maybe two hands. No, no, no. It's, it's a massive platform. <laughs> yeah. So we cut back to the Goldie and the Bears, and they're, they're all arguing with each other. And this is when Goldie basically says her wish is to have a proper family. <laughs> Which obviously breaks the heart of um, the bears. Yeah, poor poor mama bear doesn't know what to do with herself. Yeah. But at this point she just rallies the family. She's like, fine, if this is what you want, we're going to get you that wish. 
Yeah, if that's what you like, that's true parentage. Okay, fine. If you if that's what you want, it's not you know for your family. But if that's what you want, we'll get it for you. So we cut to Puss. He's starting to read the rhyme to summon the wishing star like powers and get his wish, but Kitty stops him. And she basically said, my wish was for someone that I could trust, but I didn't think I was going to need that with you because you were being cool. But now look at you. <laughs> now you're being a dick again. And, and he's like pleading with her saying, look, I'm on my last life and death is literally after me. <laughs> the, the literal death is following me. She still doesn't believe him here. No, but they are interacted by Jack and the Bears again. <laughs> And Everyone arrives. Fr- one more massive fight between all the teams just breaks out again. Get a fucking battle royal. <laughs> there's a part. There's a bit where um, baby's like squaring up to Jack, like, "All right, Plum Farm, I'm gonna bust you up, and then I'm gonna steal your clothes." And Jack <laughs> goes, "That was weird," and just launches baby into like the ring out of the um, of the star. Yeah, and then he also sacrifices the last baker at some point, doesn't he? I can't remember yeah, what of course he does. So at that point, Goldie like has the map, and she's like, "Oh, I can make my wish," but Baby's still like getting dragged out. So he she throws the map away and goes to save Baby. Yeah, so she could have her wish, or she could have saved her adoptive brother, and yeah. she chooses to save her adoptive brother. So she she, she shows she doesn't need to wish anymore. Yeah, and it. As I said at the start, it got nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Oscars. Uh, I'm for, when, well, sorry, I was about to say, did it win? But the Oscars haven't happened yet, have they? No, but last year it got nominated. Oh. So, yeah, it lost to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Fair, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen it too, but I heard amazing things. So, yeah. Uh, the budget for this movie was between 90 and 110 million. Do you want to know how much it made at the box office? I I feel like because I never even heard about it, it's going to have lost money at the box office. No, four hundred and eighty-four point six million. It made over four times its budget back. Well done. Yeah, and that was Puss and Boots, and I think you can see why I put it on my top ten list. Yeah, beautifully animated. I feel like. It makes the Shrek movies look a bit like shit, <laughs> which yeah. is uh, that's especially. I, I I know the animations are a lot older and stuff, but yeah, that's it. I'm scared to go back to watch Shrek now because I'm gonna be in my mind comparing it to this. Yeah, and it's just much better. Yeah, yeah. But Bobby, what's my required reading for next episode? So this is an interesting one. So. When we were discussing the name of our podcast, Tim, we threw a few ideas out there, and then I threw out Cult Classic Society, thinking, wrongly, that you would get the reference and that you would have watched Dead Poet Society, the seminal 1980s Robin Williams classic, (laughs) and you fucking haven't. (laughs) No, I haven't. So, 34 episodes in... We're going to talk about the film that we named this podcast kind of in respect of, kind of a parody of. We're going to talk about that movie. We're going to watch Dead Poet Society, Tim. It took us long enough. Yeah, well, I thought you'd seen it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I look look forward to it. I look forward to it. (laughs) Oh, God, Tim. 
Oh, <sighs> God. Where can we find cool. you on socials, Timothy? Cool. You can find me on all of the social media platforms at the Tim Martini. You can also find my music on Spotify. Just search up Timothy Martini. Bobby, where can we find you? I am B Davies underscore creative on the Instagram. I mostly share my graphics and video work to do with wrestling and podcasting, purpose wrestling, mighty wrestling. And same on X. I am Bobby Davies underscore creative. Again, mostly talking about wrestling on there, but I will also talk about films and TV and come just come and have a chat. Come find us. And now we've got a list off. I think it's seven things we've got to remember. Yeah. For the pod. <laughs> Right, I'm going to take a couple. Let's let's do this, Timothy. Cool, you cool, can cool. find us on Facebook, facebook.com. Look up Cult Classic Society. Come and have a chat with us. Then you've got X at CC Society Pod. You've got Instagram at CC Society Pod. What else have we got, Tim? We've got Threads at CC Society Pod. We've got Reddit at CC Society Pod. No, that that's you you slash forward slash. CC Society Pod. Yes. (laughs) We have TikTok at CC Society Pod. And of course, we have our email at ccsocietypod at gmail.com. And if you're watching this on YouTube, that doesn't, you know, you don't require this, but you can find us on YouTube, Cult Classic Society Podcast. Look us up on YouTube. I am, as we speak, uploading episodes, old episodes on there as well. So if you're a youtube what is it you what's the youtube premium you can listen on there with your phone closed as well i did do a nice graphic but you don't have to stare at the graphic that's fine and if you're watching this and haven't subscribed yet what are you doing press that subscribe button down below and hit that bell to get a notification when we upload new episodes and comment on the episodes youtube's got a great interface for having a chat there's we've had a couple of listeners have a chat with us already come and have a chat and if you're watching on youtube but you don't have YouTube Premium and think, this would be really great to listen to on the go. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Podcasts. We're on all the major podcasting platforms. You can just download, listen on your commute, on a flight, in the bath, whatever you want. <laughs> wherever you want, we will be there. That, that Not like that, but you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll <be> there. <laughs> oh, Tim, you're, you're in enough trouble already. Don't start this. <laughs> He's not in trouble. I'm I'm making things up. (laughs) Well, I've been Tim Martini. And I've been your favourite fearless hero. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.